It's part of the divine covenant with Noah following the great flood. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Mark chapter 1 from verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert and he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace So this morning, Lord, we ask that we will turn our eyes upon you. Amen. Please do sit down. You are my beloved son, daughter, with you I am well pleased. You might want to put your name at the start of this sentence as I read it again. Hear God say those words to you as he said them to Jesus. You are my beloved child. With you I am well pleased. One day as a little girl sat watching her mother working in the kitchen, she asked her mommy, what does God do all day long? For a while her mother thought, She had no answer. (gasps) But yes, mummies always have answers, don't they? So she said, well, darling, I'll tell you what God does. He spends his whole day mending broken things. My name is Sam, an ordinant here at Wycliffe Hall, as Dan has said, and As a two-year student, I'm sure our vicar Dan might remember this for himself during his time at Wycliffe. The time seems to go by so fast. One moment you're doing your BAP, then immediately you're relocating to Oxford, then immediately you're starting life at Wycliffe, then immediately you're finding a new church, then immediately you're at St. Andrews, then immediately you're getting to know new people, immediately curacy forms arrive and you start to have thinking of moving again. A fast pace with a sense of unpredictability and urgency, a little like Mark's gospel. Thankfully, I do have my curacy secured, and we will be ordained in June, so um, that's a good thing. But over the Christmas break, Rachel and I suddenly realized we hadn't been back to Uganda for three years. And so we decided to go for three weeks, which was absolutely brilliant for each of us for different reasons. Our daughter, Hannah, was able to spend time with family, to see her grandparents, her cousins. For Rachel, my wife, great again to reconnect with family, especially her sister who lives in Australia and hadn't been back with her children for 13 years. So Rachel hadn't seen them for that long. But for myself, in light of ordination, I just needed affirmation. To hear again from my mentors, my friends, my parents, my sending church that this was the right thing to do. They prayed for us, and we came back, I came back feeling reassured. Now, I don't know about you, but when making big decisions, sometimes as they draw closer and closer, doubt can creep into your minds. Mark, the first of the Gospels written by a first-hand witness, 
gets straight to the point. He has so much to say and doesn't even attend to the birth and genealogy of Jesus, but goes straight to the fantastic and urgent, most amazing news about the Messiah. In verse 9, Jesus doesn't just model what obedience is like. He knows that even when we try, we fail. And so he comes and finds us in our mess and transforms us. He takes our sin in exchange for his righteousness and goes all the way to the cross. In responding to John's baptism, he identifies with us as human beings and joins in the sinner's call to repent, even though he is without sin. And he points us to the cross. In verse 11, as his father says to him, in you I am well pleased. He is affirming his delight in Jesus for who he is, the beloved son of God, and he loves him for who he is. He is also well pleased with him because of his obedience to the rescue mission to restore humanity to God. In John 1.12, he says, all who believe in him, who believe in the beloved son, he has given the right to be called children of God. Well, perhaps some of us have never really heard enough of such words or actions of affirmation from your parent or leader or significant person in your life. Why don't you today hear them from the good Father, our Lord God, who looks at each of us dressed in the righteousness of his Son, and he says to us, you are my child. In you, I am well pleased. Verse 12, Jesus is led to the wilderness by the Spirit. He is ministered to by the angels, and when it comes to it, he commissions the disciples in another gospel, in Matthew's gospel, which has a bit more detail. In chapter 28, Jesus promises his disciples and all his followers, all believers, the church, that he will, by his spirit, be with them, with us, to the end of the age. In verse 15, Jesus keeps the main thing the main thing. He is the good news. He demonstrates the good news by obeying the Father, showing us how it is done. The Father gives us assurance of our own baptism as we hear him affirm his Son. The Son is led to the wilderness where he shows us how to cope when tested. Hear the call. Repent and believe. Be filled with the spirit by whom we overcome the testing in the wilderness. and Be a witness to the good news. I've recently been on the QQ mission, and I love the term relay workers that is used in student mission and ministry. John prepares the way. Jesus picks up the message. He then passes it on to his disciples. They pass it on to us. And we keep passing it on. So what might that look for us today? Well, in today's reading, Mark is challenging us. He's challenging us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. To consider his message 
and how to do Lent. How to journey as pilgrims in the wilderness of life. It might be ordination for me and the life of the priesthood fast approaching. But for us all, the call to a life of obedience to God and discipleship and witness to the good news, public or private. The time is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and be baptized. Repent and believe. Mark is calling us to be reminded of the gospel, of the centrality of Jesus, called, tested, and sent. At the start of his ministry, he is confronted with Satan. As Israel crossed the wilderness for a new start, he is inviting us to do the same. Satan doesn't want this calling and will want it and will want it tested with an aim for us to fail. So this Lent, let us get back to the beginning. Perhaps renew our baptismal vows. Jesus at baptism took Israel back to the beginning, wanting them to renew their original call. Secondly, let us get real in the battle. Resist Satan and his temptations in the power of the Spirit. By prayer and the word and in the power of the Spirit, Jesus faced up to Satan and his temptations and calls us to do the same. And thirdly, let us get out with the best message about the beloved. Rejoice in the good news. Let us follow Jesus with his love into the community. In conclusion, verse 14 to 15, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As we come to share in communion, we shall be confessing our wrongs and seeking the Lord's forgiveness Perhaps we might like to say sorry to God for not fully embracing his good news and trusting him, but rather trusting in our own ability and intellect. See, both John and Jesus preach repentance, which requires a change of mind and heart. It is a full-time, ongoing commitment to change. So may we turn our eyes to Jesus by responding to his call ourselves in repentance, particularly through Lent and in our discipleship. May this time of communion be to us a reminder of the lifestyle Jesus demands of us. May we turn our eyes upon Jesus and learn from him by being those who are excited by the gospel and proclaim it at any given opportunity. Amen.